we are diving into this series called uh, Never Give Up. And ultimately today, we're going to talk about always praying and never give up. How many watched the little video last week we put online? If you are, uh, man, it hurts. We made it and everything and only a couple. <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. We were playing in the snow, but maybe you've been told never give up. And in various different contexts, maybe you've been told in the context of um, your marriage to not give up in a season when things were rough. Maybe in a class, students, you've been like, this teacher is driving me crazy. Uh, Never give up, right? In the realm of sports, Russell Wilson, fourth quarter, down by two, pacing up and down the sidelines. Never give up. No time to sleep. I don't know. He doesn't sound like that probably, but that's my impersonation. Uh, And then something you would just hear in various different aspects to lift your spirit. Well, it's amazing that Jesus uses this language. In fact, it's in Luke 18, verse 1 through 8, says this. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. So he was wanting to show this, right? Here was the story. Verse 2 says, there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give you justice to his chosen people? who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will grant justice to them quickly, but when the Son of Man returns, how many will he find on the earth who have faith? Man, so many challenges there, right? To have faith, to be patient, to cry out, uh, to, to never give up praying, to just go after God like a persistent person that even in the face of an unjust authority, you would receive justice. This is crazy. The link between prayer and never giving up must not be overlooked. Always pray and never give up. That's what we're going to dialogue about for a couple weeks here. One of the most challenging things as followers of Jesus is being consistent in this area of prayer. Prayer is just one of those things. It's like, okay, I understand I can read the Bible, uh, but but prayer, it's like, how do I do this? Is, it, is there certain words I have to say? Is there a certain time of day I have to do it? And there's all kinds of questions that revolve around it. Yet, if we don't pray, we're missing this connection and the foundation and really the lifeblood of our relationship with God. We're missing out on power and authority. What are we missing if we're not praying. And so we wanted to kind of back up and just go, well, what is prayer? What's a simple approach at prayer so that all of us can experience this fullness? We put out a survey, prayer survey, 
to you guys over the course of the last few weeks, and it's been on the next steps. It's still there if you want to complete it and you haven't. But it, it said that about 70% of you um, that responded uh, spend about 10 minutes in prayer, mostly quietly to yourself. And the four things that those 70% pray for most are needs of family and community, gratitude and thanksgiving, things you suddenly feel the urge to pray for, and then personal guidance in crisis. That's interesting just for the sake of seeing, wow, so if that's the majority, what are the areas that we can grow? How can we grow as followers of Jesus in the areas of prayer here? And I think there's some great and simple ways to build this foundation of our life. The big idea today, always pray, never give up. We've already given the spoiler right there on that. But only the only thing the disciples wanted to know, this just catches me by surprise every time I think about it. The only thing the disciples asked to learn, for Jesus to literally teach them, was prayer. Isn't that, doesn't that catch you weird? Like of all the things they witnessed, prayer. They saw people raised from the dead. So did, they, did he ask, Jesus, teach us how to raise the dead? Nope. Jesus, uh, teach us how to turn water into wine. Ching, come on, right? No, they didn't ask for that. They, uh, walking on water, one of them got to for a few moments, but they didn't ask to learn how. <laughs> it wasn't that. Multiplying fish into loaves, never be hungry again. No. What about recruiting and developing leaders? Because Jesus was a master at that. Twelve leaders, he had other followers, right? Those closest to him, the three. No. What about casting out a demon from a naked dude in a graveyard? Why? Why would you ask that, right? It happened, but they didn't ask that. They asked to learn how to pray. Luke 11:1. 1, once Jesus was in a certain place praying, so he's in the act of praying, right? As he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John taught his disciples. It was seen as the foundation of everything that Jesus was doing. They saw the link between the miracles and the man. Jesus was a praying person. They saw him slip out early in the morning before the daylight occurred. They saw him in the distance get away and by himself so that he could pray. I'm assuming they heard him praying as well and wanted to know, like, why do you pray the way you pray, right? He consistently escaped to pray. They witnessed this and the power and authority that followed his times of prayer and wanted the source of the miracle, not the sign. Because if they were all about the sign, they would have gone for the miracle, the food, the deliverance, the walking on water. We always are tempted to embrace the signs instead of the source, but they wanted the source and they saw that it was prayer. If we make the error to go after the sign... We're going to pursue ritual. We're going to create religion instead of actually building this relationship that God desires for us to grow in, a relationship that's growing with Jesus. So Jesus unpacks how to pray in a very simple way. Matthew records that it. it's called the Lord's Prayer. 
Matthew 6, 9 through 13, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. That's the prayer he teaches. That's the how-to right there. And Jesus showed them this balanced approach at prayer. And when you start to open it up and look at it, you discover the power yet some simple conviction he had to pray and, and how he distributed the, the, the meaning of each line and its intentions. And, and I would say, as he demonstrated there, he prayed out loud. So that's one challenge to us. Man, when's the last time I've prayed out loud? A simple challenge, but it does something in us when we, when we pray out loud. Jesus showed them uh, this, and, and I was also told as a, as a young follower of Jesus, I remember this, I don't, I don't remember who it was that, that taught me, but he said, the reason you pray out loud is, one, it just it involves another mechanism of your body and helps you, like, understand what you're praying, it helps others understand what you're praying, but more importantly, it says, it lets the devil know what you're praying. And it was somebody who was preaching probably like that, you know, come on, ah, and slobber. And it was like a white towel or something, ah, and, but it was like the reality of the devil can't read your mind. The enemy needs to hear your conviction and determination of growing your relationship with God because he's going to flee that. You don't want anything to do with it. So I was just like, huh. So in the series, Here is in Heaven, that you can find on our app or online in the message archive, uh, we kind of took apart the elements of this. I'll quickly hit on the different elements of the Lord's Prayer real fast and then tie it into a very simple system that we think will benefit you this week of how to pray. Uh, the first thing that he does is adoration, our Father in Heaven. May your name be kept holy. I mean, it's this moment of saying, prayer brings us closer to God and we adore and honor and respect God. I'm going to keep your name holy. It's got the element of intercession. May your kingdom come soon, right? I'm praying for everybody. This is prayer of God's will coming to earth, right? Perseverance. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God hears our prayers and literally orchestrates when we pray and will in, in accordance with His will, like the future. So it's important to pray. Petition, give us today, right? Uh, this is, and, and it's exactly what our passage is about with never giving up. God wants to hear what's going on in our lives. Like, pray about your day. Lord, let school not be canceled because of snow. One more day, or <laughs> I'm going to go. You know, let it let, cry out to the Lord. Anyway, I saw those posts on Facebook. I'm dropping my kids off tomorrow <laughs> on time or two hours late, but do not dare cancel school. I saw those. I saw those. Not calling anybody out, Molly. But So listening <laughs> is the next point here. Uh, the food we need, the food we need, and Jesus prays about. God is literally speaking to us. In fact, Jesus has a conversation with a woman at the well and says, like, his relationship is literally all the food he needs with God, Jesus and God. Like, this is the, 
I'll never be hungry or thirsty again because of my relationship with God. And, and so when we listen to God, it feeds us. It literally provides us the sustenance for the day. Repentance. This is God is faithful to forgive. He says, and forgive us our sins if we have forgiven those who sin against us and don't let us yield to temptation. And then finally, warfare. Rescue us from the evil one. These elements of, of the prairie taught, you know, we're in a battle. This isn't just flesh and blood, but it's a spiritual battle. And there's so much that can be talked about there. And we did in a series. But how could you do a series on prayer and not reference the Lord's Prayer, right? But when you take these, I think we can show you a very practical way of how you can always pray and never give up and give you a simple system in four simple letters or thoughts. P-R-A-Y. Pray. And the first, the first letter, thought one, is praise. And you, if you've been around long at all here, you've heard us reference this as a way to pray. Why do you want a model to pray? Well, because Jesus taught a model. And we think it'd be helpful for us to be balanced in our prayer life. So pray, praise, thought one, P, praise. This is the adoration, and there's also an element of the, the warfare there in our, our worship. We declare things in our praise that we're thankful for in our past, that we're expectant or thankful for in our present, and definitely that we're expectant for in our future, that we're declaring, that we're confessing, specifically like after reading in the Bible, you read promises about the future and you're like, oh man, I'm going to declare that over my future for sure, right? I'll demonstrate in a moment. But one of the things that helps and some of the responses we got in a couple different things we put out about prayer was uh, worship. Like when we're in this praise element, like literally it's helpful to praise. Well, that's why we do worship when we come together on Sundays. There's this thing that just when you march out ahead of everything with praise, you see in the Old Testament when they're crossing rivers, they had the worshipers go before them. And there's this element of just putting worship out in front. And uh, so I often, when I'm praying, I'll literally have music going. If I'm getting away to a lonely place or a place where I'm all by myself and nobody's watching me or whatever, I'll put on some music. I've got Spotify going. Open Life has created a Spotify playlist uh, with all of Open Life's worship. You can link to that through the Next Steps page on your app or the website. But that, that just allows you to, to hear the music we do here if, if you don't know of a, a worship band you enjoy the most. But just like have a source of something, maybe just instrumental music you like. It just depends on the mood I'm in, but I will often have some music while I'm in this praise mode. I'll literally sometimes sing it out loud. You, I do like music going all the time. I don't know if that's your flow, but it's one thing that helps kick the praise in because those words of a worship song are often things we're declaring or thankful for. Gratitude, right? Praising Him for the past what he's been doing. Thank you, God, for what you've done over generations. You know, it just brings all these things to mind. Sometimes it could get in the way, though, and you just need complete solitude. You need silence, especially when you get to thought for today. I mean, we praise him for the present. What is that? That's like what we're grateful for that we're seeing right now. The current progress might not be long-term fruit, but Lord, it was a good day. 
You know, one of the things I constantly thank God for in this arena when I'm starting out to pray is thank you that your mercies are new every day. I need that. I need new mercies every day. A new approach to know that, hey, okay, this day I'm not just living according to what happened yesterday, but you said all things new. Your mercies are new every day. Um, We praise Him for the future. And this is literally where we extend our faith, right? And He said, and, and Luke 18 there, like, who will have faith here? I mean, this is the extending your faith in prayer. It's the promises of tomorrow. And that's where there's this beautiful dance, if you will. Maybe that's the wrong language to catch all of you in the room. But just there's this, there's this rhythm that goes with reading your Bible and prayer that's just seamless, really. Because you read something that you're like, oh, that's amazing that God did that. And it brings praise to mind. But there's also, I want that, I'm expectant of that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray that for my future. And uh, I think that's important to, to lift up as well in this praise moment. It sounds like asking, but really it's thanking Him for the promise. And so it might look like, Lord, I'm grateful for You working on the hearts of people within our community that you're preparing hearts right now to hear the gospel this Easter, April 21st, a couple months out. And I pray for everybody here, Lord, that I just thank you that you're going to give a way for people to share an invite to hear the gospel at Open Life on Easter. And thank you for the work that's going to be done. You're preparing in advance for us to do already in Jesus' name. Amen. Simple, right? It's thanking him but yet expecting as well a promise that's actually in Ephesians that he's preparing a work in advance right now for you to do. It it could be spurred on by any kind of a passage, but this is why reading the Bible and prayer are so closely tied together. Trying to have prayer, a prayer life without a consistent time in the Bible is probably like trying to be a race car driver without the car. You might look, you might be dressed right, you might have a crew, but you're never going to get on the track. You need the Word of God along with your prayer because that's what you're declaring. Thought two, repent. The word repent literally means to turn the other way, right? Um, Repentance. Psalm 139, 23 through 34 says, search me, O God, know my heart, test me, Know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. This is not an easy scripture to pray over our life or like confess over our life on a consistent basis. Search me, oh God, like, okay, I want to know how much I suck today, right? Come on, Lord, give it to me. I don't know, maybe if you like pain and hurt and feeling bad about yourself or humility, then you do that regularly. But it's not something, but it needs to be something we do. I mean, we need to be honest. And and just to say, Lord, like seriously, I want to take the time to, to... Draw the circle in the sand. You've heard us use this illustration. We use it with re-engage. But draw, literally, if I'm standing in the sand and I take a stick and I draw a circle around it, all the arrows are pointing in. Lord, show me. Show me what I can do inside this circle. Help me to 
you know, figure out what I'm doing that is not making you look good. Help me understand what I'm doing that's offensive to you. Help me see how your mercy is invading every issue inside this circle. How your grace is coming and meeting me right in the middle of all of it. Because that's what's cool is you're asking him to search you because he sent his son, just as Ed prayed a few moments ago, to, to live a perfect life, to give his life on a cross, raised three days later from the dead, so that all of us could put our faith in Jesus and be free from all the things that he's showing us when he's searching our heart. That's not up to us to be free. It's up to us to grab a hold of the freedom that he's already made way for us. And so you kind of look at this task, and it's humbling, and it's embracing mercy and grace, and God gives us this opportunity right in the middle of praying, right in the middle of it all. And we allow God to search our hearts and point out the things that offend him, then it kind of brings us to a place of understanding how much we need him. Um, I'm going to invite Dalen and, and Christine Westner up. Come on up. But we do this thing called re-engage that Dalen and Chris are, are leaders in. And uh, it's the thing for marriage that was on the video there. It starts this afternoon. And you can show up this week or next week. And um, what we do is, is talk about like our life, our marriage, our home, and what, what we're doing, what we need from God and how like, search me, Lord. Show me the things that, that I need to work on in my marriage. What are some of the things I need to confess or repent of in my marriage? And uh, I believe that that's where we first heard this circle concept. We call it the hula hoop or the circle. It just depends. And, uh, and Dale and Chris went through the first, like, pilot session of it with us and and then have led a couple sessions after that with other couples that are walking through it. And I wanted to take a moment and say, in this area of repentance, I think re-engage excels. The search me. Right. I mean, we're spending week upon week searching ourselves. And, and some don't like that. Like, ultimately, some would say, man, I'm coming out on the other side of this, feeling like I know all the bad things about me. Well, yeah, but that's good. Right? Because that's part of growing your relationship with Jesus. But, but uh, on the other hand, uh, others have found incredible break. They've met Jesus. Um, we've had multiple people make a decision to follow Jesus through it. And just it's been kind of fun to, to do this. So uh, what's most impacted you guys in re-engage specifically? Then we'll talk repentance. Well, I think really um, what we have learned in our marriage is oneness instead of when we're in an argument, lining up your soldiers to fight a war against each other, we now can be one looking at it together versus, yeah. so it gave us, yeah, it gave us that, it gave us that oneness. Yeah, and you know, to kind of expand on that, you think about it, <clears throat> when, when you get married, um, there's no owner's manual. Um, there's no, it, 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 there's no test. So you're, you're kind of left, left struggling out there with how do I perfect this thing? And for us, re-engage was, it's basically eight principles spread over 16 lessons. And, you know, our bodies require blood. And a relationship requires communication. And so for us, the, those, those 16 lessons were... It, allowed us to start a dialogue and create a habit weekly of talking about something. And 
that was probably the most instructive. It's just creating that habit of conversing. And how many years had you been married before you jumped into this thing? 28, or 29. Yeah. 29 years yeah. and you didn't have it all figured out then? No, no, still oh. don't. Still don't? <laughs> it, so now you, you know the secret sauce. No. The, the funny part is when, when we were first asked um, to do this, I didn't want to do it. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm thinking, we've got a great marriage. Well, when we're asked to rate it, I rated a like a eight out of ten, and she rates hers a seven. I look at her and go, "Hey, we're not bad." And after she goes, "We're really only a five. I'm like, "Awesome," you know. So, because we hadn't been communicating. Yeah. So you take this approach, Chris. You say like you were pointing outside the circle then all the time. Absolutely. Instead yes. of looking inside yep. the circle yep. and kind of dealing with repentance or forgiveness or mercy or grace. Right. Like what did you learn about forgiveness, mercy, grace, confession, those type of things? Well, through re-engage, I really learned what forgiveness was because I had, I was within my hula hoop looking at how the Lord has shown me how I had walked with unforgiveness for so long. I didn't really know how to break down forgiveness and the tools in re-engage definitely broke it down for me. Like pardoning, you, it's not that you, the sin never happened, it's that you pardon that person. And it just really lifted a load, it like unlocked my heart. Both in marriage and outside of marriage, Absolutely. right? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And probably the funny thing for me was um, we all, we've all talked about receiving God's grace. And we all know what that feels like. But if you, th and I don't know why it took me so long to figure this out, but re-engage just based, and listen to other people's stories, it really made me see that um, you, to really understand full grace is when it's flowing through you and you're giving it to somebody else. Before, we live in a merit-based society, right? So. I do this, you get that. Constantly. Yeah, it's, and so we were living our marriage like that. And yeah. for, my, for grace from God, I, I can't, there's nothing, I can't, out, I can't work it for it, I can't pay for it. I, it. It's a free gift that I do not deserve. And, but it, so much in our marriage, I, I was like, the hurts and my little boo-boos, I was keeping them around, I was feeding them every day, uh, petting them, it was like a pet, I kept it around. <laughs> But you weren't allowing them to be searched or confessed or no, dealt with. No, no, yeah, no. Yeah, um, yeah. So, what for, but the interesting part is when, when you really understand what grace is and... Sit under the weight of God's grace to you, then it's, you can have it flow through your marriage. You just have to sit in it. Yeah. yeah. Anything else you want to tell people about re-engage before I just jump back into this talk here in the heart? You know, it's so worth the... I know it seems like 16 weeks, but those 16 weeks literally changed the face of our marriage. Like there is not a subject that Dale and I cannot approach now because there's a oneness. We are seeking the same result. So it is worth every bit of it. And um, like Dalen said, he didn't want to do it the first time. I didn't want to do it the second time. And the third time, like, like forever, our marriage is transformed. It is tools to build a really healthy, God-centered marriage. That's awesome. And I'll end with, uh, if you're a sports fan, seasons last that long. Yeah. If you can be committed to something that's gonna give you a little bit of happiness one day a week, why not invest in something that will give you happiness for a lifetime? Absolutely, there you go. Can you give them 
thanks for sharing there today. It's not easy to open up your, your life with others, four couples, five couples, and, uh, and say, man, I'm struggling with this. I need this. I'm repenting of this inside my home. And you don't have to share, but if you choose to, it's powerful, and it helps everybody in the room. And, and Dalen said something right there that, that jumps right into this passage that I was considering. When we open up our life to this concept of search me, oh God, uh, one of the things that often we realize is we're trying to do it all ourselves, and uh, we're not really leaning on His grace and mercy. And he, there's this challenge in Zechariah 4, 6 that says, he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel, it is not by force nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And maybe you've heard it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, depending on the translation, but you're just going, how often are we trying to do life on our own? We're trying to fix things on our own when God's just saying, I can help. Open it up. Open up your life. Allow me to search it, reveal, and let's do this. Let's, let's do work because it will bring such freedom. Psalm 127.1 says, unless the Lord builds a house, the work the builders, the work of the builders is wasted. Unless the Lord protects a city, guarding it with centuries will do no good. So we can solve all the world's problems ourselves, raise enough, you know, oh man, I'm making enough money and my marriage is going to be awesome. Is that really going to work, right? Yeah, I'm doing this, you know, my, my life is going to be great. I'm going to do great in school because like I'm smart. But what if you allow God to help? What's possible in your education or how you'll change the world in the future? Why do we try to do things on our own? That's one of the things we can repent of, right? Lord, I'm sorry, I tried to do it myself again. I think that's an often one of the things I'll be confessing is leaning on my own strength instead of fully depending on His. Um, another thing that, uh, a tip that was given both in a reply to an email I sent out, uh, Jaden will talk more about some of those next week, but just the, a, a tip in prayer that I read as well in this book called Too Busy Not to Pray that, that really was one of the first books on prayer that challenged me years and years and years ago was uh, journaling prayer or even journaling our needs or journaling our confession of sin. And literally just when we're repenting, saying, and God, search my heart, and He shows us our sin, call it for what it is right? We make our sin fluffy. We pet our little pet sin, you know. It's a nice little one. I'm going to keep it around, you know. Um, but repent means to turn away from it, but we will. We'll just like, oh, I was, Lord, my eyes wandered today. Well, why don't you just say, Lord, I'm an adulterer. You're like, well, that's that. Come on now. This, the, the Scripture is an equal opportunity offender, right? We're all going to be offended by something we read in it at some point in time. And when we read that it says, if we look at someone lustfully, we've committed adultery in our heart. Isn't that the sin? So instead of making it fluffy, yeah, my eyes might have wandered today. Why don't we just say, Lord, I've got, I'm an adulterer. I've got temptations inside of me that need to be put 
down in the name of Jesus. I'm sorry. Freedom. It's just like, whew. right? Instead of, Lord, I think I ate too much today. Lord, I'm a glutton in the name of Jesus. That Papa Murphy's New York pizza, I can't stop, you know? It's like, even though the sausage is going to make me take Elka-Seltzer, anyway, it's so yummy. I may need to confess that every once in a while, you know? Um, let me button that back up. There we go. Uh, but no, it's like, you know, just like whatever your deal is, I lied again. Or, Lord, I've, I am a gossip. Oh, but come on, because I know what that's wrapped in categories with in Scripture. I'm not going to call myself a gossip. Have you talked about anybody about anybody? Well, right? It's just like we're all going to mess up. And when we're reading Scripture and we see it says, do not gossip, and we're going, okay, so I could either be honest with God and allow Him to search me or tune His voice out. So that's what, so praise, repent, and then ask. Thought three, the A is ask. Intercession, petition, warfare in the Lord's Prayer, right? These are, these are all things. It says in Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in prayers for all the believers everywhere. I mean, this is where we spend most of our time in prayer, if we're honest, right? In fact, we often just jump right to it, um, and we forget to praise God. We forget to repent and make ourselves right before we then come with our requests. And I think, man, that just might be transformative in your prayer life as if you're like, even it, I'm not saying this is a process that has to take a half hour. This can be two minutes, right? God, I thank you for being gracious to me today. I know that I've been impatient in the last few days, um, but Lord, I'm coming right now. I'm asking you to, to help it not to snow so we can finally have church this Sunday. You know, I mean, then you make your request. It's like, whatever that looks like, you know, like, okay, Lord, I'm waiting for your response. I'll look outside and see if it snows or not. Amen. <laughs> it's just like the reality of it. It can be quick, but balanced. But we jump right into asking so often. God, I need this, 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 this. Where are you? This, this, this. This, 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 this. Done. And what if we could just balance it out like Jesus taught us? That's kind of the, the thing we're looking at here. What if we could lift others' needs as well? beyond our own. That's what intercession really is. It's talking to God about something others are facing or the world around us is facing. And your list of prayers could become astronomical if you allow it to be. And then you need a whole additional system to pray or you'll pray all day long every day. And we'll talk a little more about that next week. But you, there's a never-ending battle that we need to keep going with in prayer in order to see breakthrough. 2 Corinthians 1.11 says, and you are helping us by praying for us. I mean, just that sentence alone is like, wow. The difference we can make in others' lives by simply praying for them. And you are helping us by praying for us. To realize that somebody's experiencing a breakthrough because they were prayed for. I remember when I made a decision to follow Jesus and 
Then I went back to all my religious relatives that told me in the past they were praying for me. And at the time, it really made me angry. And I used different words for how it made me feel that I won't use right now. And, uh, and I was just mad. When they tell me they pray at me, I'm like, how dare you tell me that? Right? And then, now, it was like, oh my word. I made a decision to follow Jesus. They never stopped praying for me. It was my aunt, it was my grandma, it was my mom, and I went and I thanked them. But at the time, it drove me nuts, right? Maybe right now you could be the person who drives someone nuts. I'm praying for you. I have a few of those. I tell them I'm praying for you, and they said, well, don't. I thought I was going to. I'm going to keep doing it. You can't stop me, you know. And, uh, but I do have a couple of those of like, please don't. I'm like, well, I'm gonna, and you ain't gonna get away from him. You know, it's just like he's gonna keep coming after you. How many of you, uh, I had this conversation this week, but I love college basketball, and we're about to March Madness, so start studying for your bracket, um, because we don't want to let Erin make another comeback. She didn't win last year, but she's probably trying to study right now and win. She has too many years in a row. It'd be horrible. But uh, just like March Madness, right? It's this intense college basketball. And some of you are like, I don't watch sports. That's okay. I'm still going to banter for a second on it because it's so awesome because these people are so intensely trying to stay in this tournament with all kinds of teams because it's single elimination, so they're hungry for it. And every year, somebody wants it more. Every year, somebody comes to the tournament that's ranked really low and has way less talent, and they come dominate a team that is way more talented all because they had more want in them. They came more hungry. Well, when I think of that, that's like the perfect illustration for me because I'm into college basketball. It's the perfect illustration for me that God is wanting us to be persistent and determined and to come after him in prayer. Like he is wanting us to be hungry, right? And I just hope that we could have that same drive. That's kind of one of the visuals I have when I'm asking Man, I want to ask with more want to than the other. And that might mean I'm the weird guy pacing and listening to worship and praying out loud, too. And I'm probably not going to do that at Starbucks, right? I mean, I don't think Jesus would have either. But just like, you know, oh, I'm going to be spiritual today. I'm going to turn on worship music. I'm going to pull my headphones out, and I'm just going to start pacing and praying in the name of Jesus here. This would be awesome for my city, right? And if God told me to, I'd do it. But I haven't heard him tell me to do that yet. So um, I just like, you know, you're, you're, I'm more at home in a space by myself. Kids are at school. And I can pray up loud. I can pace and pray. I can, I can shout. I can kneel. I can cry. But I'm going after him. I'm hungry for it. Hungry for the answers. Hungry for our community. Hungry for your lives to be blessed. And for you to get through the things you're battling through. And for us to get through the things we're battling through as a family. Final thought. Thought four. Yield. Wow, that was louder when I do that right there. That was awesome. Yield. Yield. There we go. Uh, yield. It's listening to God, right? It's also perseverance. It's this, it's this part of prayer where we stop talking. And we wait. 
And it can last a long time to us, but very quick for him. Lord, I pray for my kids to to follow you all the days of their life. Well, I might not see the answer to that for the rest of their lives, right? I mean, all the days of their lives is a long time. If I uh, want it right now, that's weird, right? Uh, So it's just like, Lord, I pray for my city to know you. I pray for the 80,000 people in our community that do not know you. Help us to find a way to reveal the gospel to them. I mean, I'll get all weepy about that. Um, Our job is not to tell God what we need, but to ask clarity and follow his lead. So it's like, God, show us how to reach our community. Now, pause and wait for him to show. Help my marriage. Pause and wait. Help me live a pure life of singleness. That is an okay thing. I know we talk about marriage, but don't want the singles to feel like, well, I'm all alone, (laughs) you know. Uh, Less time trying to get God to bless our plans, more time opening up our life for Him to lead us into His plan, right? Psalm 143.10 says, teach me to do your will, for you are my God. May your gracious spirit lead me forward on a firm footing. I mean, it's exemplified throughout Scripture. Jesus even prays it. He said he went a little farther away from his disciples. It says one of his final prayers right before he's taken into custody, before he was crucified, and he says this. He bowed his face to the ground, and he prayed, My Father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done and not mine. That's a powerful prayer for our world today. Because I think we spend a lot of time about telling God our will and not listening to him say, well, maybe I ought to go that way, right? No, I'm going this way, you know? And we spend this battle, well, what if we say, what way do you want me to go, Lord? Here I am. And go the way he leads. It's a different pursuit. But we must begin to pray and live a life that is, I want your will and not mine. And when we're done asking, when we're done praising and repenting and asking, we just go, here I am, Lord, speak to me, lead me. And we pause, turn the music off and listen and yield to God's lead. Always praying, never giving up. Our action point this week, pray. I know it was, it was easy to figure out, right? P-R-A-Y. Pray every day. In fact, the scripture says we should pray all times, all occasions, right? We just read that. But it's like, we need to start somewhere, baby steps. What can I do in two-minute intervals that'll change my life, right? Baby steps. So take a couple minutes this week. Find a space. Find a place where you can pray out loud. Celebrate small things in a conversation with God. And... Praise him for what he's done, doing, going to do. Repent. Ask him to search your heart. Then ask for what you're really needing today. Like, what's, what are your wants? Then yield to where he points. He says, go that way. Say, okay, I'm, I'm going to trust you. 
He's faithful. He's never going to lead you in a way that's going to harm you. It's just going to bring you a more fulfilling life. Because he's in love with every one of us. It's the way it goes. Next week, we'll give a little more practicality to how to maybe build upon this simple principle of pray. But I'm going to pray for you today. And uh, then Jaden will come and close us. Lord, thank you for who you are. You give us so much resource in your word. Like all over the place, we can grow in our relationship with you. And uh, I look and, at this and just go, how easy is it for us to praise you daily? How easy is it for us to just allow you to kind of open our heart up and deal with the stuff that's not right? How easy is it for us to ask for the world, whatever it is we truly feel we are facing? But in our busy world, I think it's really hard to listen and yield. So I pray for your strength to walk this out this week. For some, it'll be brand new, a brand new practice. For others, this will just be building upon a foundation they've already been building a routine for within their life. And I pray that you'll guide us through it. And first and foremost, asking for you to do stuff without knowing you feels weird. It's like walking into a home we're not invited to. And everybody in this room is invited to pray. But we do need to enter into that relationship with you to really fully engage in this element of faith, if you will. So if there's anybody here who's yet to accept you as Lord and Savior of their life, to believe that you did live and die and raise again three days later so that we could live life to the full now and eternally with you. I pray that they would simply invite you into their life, that they would say, Jesus, I confess you as Lord today and I want you to be the savior of my life. And Lord, out of that simple decision of choosing to follow you today, you'll allow this week to be radically transformational. They'll have a lot to praise you for. I thank you for this day, in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, if you would uh, take that Connect card and turn it over, if you have prayer requests or you want to interact with us about what God's doing in your world, man, you check a, a box and, and we'll connect with you later this week. Uh, you could do that digitally or physically, as we mentioned earlier. Go to next steps, kind of start to get engaged in the process of growing your relationship with Jesus. Uh, we want to know that, and we provide a moment here with the worship team just for you to reflect on the talk and what's your next step with this talk, and Jaden will come and close us out here in a second.